Yes, folks, we already had our first glitch there, but we're still okay. It's Thursday. It's 2 p.m. Pacific time. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be, whoa, we had a double one there. Isn't that pretty cool, folks? Had the double connect. Yay. So, like I said, I'm Fred McMurray. I'm here with my three co-hosts, Ray Pillar, Elizabeth Denham, and Kristen Schmalzi. Did I get it right that time? Nope. Damn it. <laughs> oh, well, that just blew our PG to, rating. We're going to have to clap it out again. Yeah, we will. <laughs> what can I say? Like I said, I just also blew our family rating. So before we bring our – oh, big news today. Big news today. Our our one sponsor, Westline, it's their 10-year anniversary today. So shout out to Michelle Rempel. Congrats Yay! for starting a – Yeah! Now we get to go to everyone's favorite part, Pillars of Weather. weather. So, yeah, I'm in Shell Beach. It's in its mid-80s, wearing shorts, no suit coat, and a bit overcast. Ray, where are you? I am in Charlotte. you got to pronounce it that way because that's the way they do here in Michigan. And it is about 57 degrees, rainy. A little windy. It's nice. I love it. This is perfect weather for me. I just got back from Muskelange State Park in the UP. And we're watching the fall colors. The trees were out just, oh, they were just gorgeous, showing off their beauty. Elizabeth, are you in Alabama? I am in Alabama still. We got to get you somewhere. 84, which is very much temperate for us. 84 and sunny, not a cloud in the sky. And it's getting down into the 50s at night. So we are very excited down here about that. And our leaves don't change. They did kind of get blown off in the hurricane. So it looks like leaves fell, but it's a false sense of fall. (laughs) (laughs) False sense of fall. Sounds like a song. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We can pretend. (laughs) Kristen? Are you where you look like you are or somewhere else? I wish I was where I look like I am. <laughs> Instead, I'm in Bloomingdale, Illinois, where it is 55 degrees and windy and not really that nice of a day. We've definitely entered fall. Happy October to everyone. Happy October. <laughs> so let's bring our guest in. Meg Schmitz is hopefully joining us. Meg, you there? There she is. So, Elizabeth, you want to do the introduction? Sure. Meg Schmitz, first you have to tell us where you are, what your weather is like, so that you don't feel left out of the pillars of weather. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Oh, you're muted. Can you unmute your microphone for us? All right. Hi. There we go. There you go. 
Hello. So I am uh, I am in the middle of a prairie in Wisconsin, Milton, Wisconsin, and the weather has been variable and chilly, with strong winds out of the northeast, northwest. And I say that because I have a lake house where it's been pounded by waves overnight. Ooh, we got oh, wow. we even got um, wind wind velocities there. Pretty cool. You're missing something right now. I thought about you this morning, Fred. Chicago weather. Yep. Yeah, well, we've had a whole bunch of Chicago weather weather the last month, which is unseasonable. So, since Elizabeth, you got the first question. I do, but first I wanted to give a little intro. Um, Ms. <laughs> the, the franchise guru, um, according to your bio. Dragged into franchise ownership in 1991, kicking and screaming. So I'm anxious to hear why you were kicking and screaming. Um, but you talk a lot about the flexibility that your son thought you were a stay-at-home mom. You were off. Uh, you were home when you got off the bus every day. Had no idea that you had a job, which is kind of funny and cute all at the same time. So welcome to the show. Why don't you give us a little bit of of history on how you came into franchising, kicking and screaming? Okay. So I um, in I don't know, 1987, I got married and my husband had had this dream of owning a business, which I was not aware of. He went to a franchise <laughs> expo in Chicago and he came home and he said, people got to eat, hair grows. If you have a car, you need it to work to get to work. So let's do the great clips. Let's, let's do great clips. And I said, well, first of all, I didn't know you wanted to own a business. And secondly, what do we know about cutting hair? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. And, and he rightfully said, it isn't important that you know how to do it, but that we would be running the business. We own the business. We hire, you know, we open, open the door, turn on the lights and you're making money. And, mm-hmm. um, obviously that is irresponsible thinking. And, um, about six months after we got our first location open, found out that our manager had been stealing from us and one of our other employees was dealing drugs out of the back room. So this is what happens when you get two people into a business that neither one of them is really invested in, in running. Mm -hmm. Um, It's absentee model. And uh, anyway, after that, I pulled on my big, big girl pants and, called the police and had my manager handcuffed and let out in front of everybody. And so there was a new sheriff in town and that's when I really started to take over. Mm. Well, that's, that'll get you going in that direction, won't it? <laughs> it's pretty shocking how, how little um, technology there was back then and, and how much mm-hmm. sleuthing I needed to do in order to figure out why were we bleeding to death? It was just a financial ruin, but obviously got it turned around. I had five, um, Units, uh, we got divorced at unit number three. And after 11 years and five great clips and 50 whatever employees, somebody made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And that's when I jumped the fence and, and uh, went over to Franchise in the role that I'm in right now, 18 years tomorrow as a consultant. So that's me. That, that's, a, that's awesome. So, so how did you get the name of uh, that? <laughs> Name yourself or did somebody appoint you the franchise guru? I was appointed by the Wall Street Journal. Well, huh? that is credibility right there. Yeah. Nice, right. huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would take that in a heartbeat. Yeah. 
the other one that I was um, that I was given recently is the franchise fashionista. I, I'm dressed for work today. My commute is five minutes from my lake house over to here, my, my uh, office at the farm. Um, not really conducive to high heels, but it's <laughs> what I'm doing. I'm dressing up. We're honored. Since we just I am impressed. <laughs> I am too. Kristen, you want to jump in there? We're talking about <laughs> heels, and I know Ray has no clue about wearing heels. <laughs> Well, you might. I don't know. Um, no, too much information. <laughs> so I guess when you, um, I was go- I was going to ask you what was the strangest event, although I think the um, embezzlement might have just been um, the highlight. But anything else that was um, strange or crazy that you'd like to share with us and, and owning multiple units, as you refer to them? Yeah, the I will never forget we earlier before we hit record, uh, talking a little bit about customer experiences. I had uh, I had been in the salon one evening. It was there to sweep and reception, and a woman came in um, for her perm, and we have everybody fill out a card. It's a, basically a consent or a release because it's a chemical application. She signed it and um, clicked on the waivers, and and off she went. And so the hairstylist who was working with her, you know, did the rollers and all that and started to apply the solution. And this woman's scalp started to bubble up. It was burning. And she starts screaming and her husband starts screaming at me. And um, I was freaking out. So I, I, by age, so I'm, I'm 57 now. It's been almost 30 years. So I was maybe 30, around 30. I was young. I am this is guy yelling at me and his wife is screaming and crying back there. And so I picked up the phone. This is also around dinner time. So you would think most customer service lines were closed. I called corporate great clips. Someone answered. She told me what to do. But the first question she asked me is, did you get the consent? Did she sign the waiver? And I said, yes. And she said, then you're set. You don't need to worry about anything else. The whole situation actually turned out to be that she was receiving chemotherapy treatment and you know, mm-hmm. just the chemical sensitivity made her scalp burn. So right. she went to the hospital and there was no lawsuit, but it scared me for, <laughs> that was a pretty good scare. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And, and traumatic for her too, I'm sure. Oh, it's awful. And well, part of my background too is in hospice care. My mother was a founder of a hospice, hospice of the North Shore in the Chicago area. So I've long known about the complexities of cancer care and treatment and so compassion and, and caring, but I was covered. My liability was covered. Wow. I've never heard of somebody having their head bubble up before that. Oh, yeah. I can't even imagine what that looks like. I've yeah. seen quite a few bubble heads. And that's just today. Sorry, go ahead, Ray. Hey, somebody's got to... Oh. Go ahead, Ray. Take it on the bubblehead talk. Go ahead. I don't know where to go from that. It really, I mean, being a, a franchise owner is always an experience. And that sounds, I mean, you've already given us two experiences uh, with the theft and the bubblehead. And, and that uh, was in the first year. In that, yeah. This is trial by fire. So dragged in kicking and screaming 
my husband did not want to have any, I mean, it was such a, it was such a paradigm shift for him from the world that he came from. He worked with men, managed men. He was in a creative process. It was a completely different kind of a process than women with scissors and hormones would experience. <laughs> and so it was it was not a good fit for him at all. And I, I should probably tell you this, that that whole experience of being dragged into it by my spouse, who wasn't paying attention to our lifestyle or our money, have be, talked about the title of the show, Pillars. Those are my three pillars that when I'm working with somebody or a husband and wife, whatever mm-hmm. the relationship might be, my three check-in points every week are your wife, your life, and your money. Is this aligning? for success with your wife, your life, and your money. So from a negative situation, I try to create a positive, and that's my, that's my offering to my candidates these days and has been for 18 years. That's awesome. So does, it, does it go in reverse uh, if the wife is the uh, potential franchisee? Yes, and so I always apologize up front about the, about the, uh, the rhyme, yeah, rhyme because yeah. 18 years ago, it used to really be that way. And right. here in southern Wisconsin, it's amazing how many women are the breadwinner and mm-hmm. driving the decision. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. More it, and more, statistically. Yeah. So we need to find something that rhymes with husband. You're going to have to change that to life spouse money. Yeah. <laughs> See. And it's really interesting, too, because it, it, it has made me much more culturally aware as well, because mm-hmm. while I would like to have a husband bring the wife into the conversation or vice versa, you know, in some cultures, that's just not appropriate. Um, it's becoming more appropriate as, say, certain Eastern company, um, countries, um, Asians, Indians, become more westernized and their marriages are not arranged. They're more um, as we would, we would view them, but, but having those three tenants begin the conversation each week when I'm working with a candidate really helps me to stay grounded in what their short and long-term goals are. And it's, it's a better outcome for everybody than if, if there's sabotage somewhere along the line, whether it's in the relationship or from a, like a, fi- a family member or a financial partner who doesn't want to let the money out of the retirement fund. You know, if, mm-hmm. if there's going to be sabotage, let's get it on the table and then walk away. Just yeah. Let it go. So, so do you find yourself kind of being a therapist in the middle of those sometimes? Because basically <laughs> it boils down to good communication between the partners in whatever relationship they are. And that's really an interesting observation because the answer is yes. My degree mm-hmm. is in counseling, and um, I carry that thought process to to the process that I work mm-hmm. with my candidates. It's not a decision like working with a broker. This is this is a big long term decision. And so, yes, I, <laughs> I came out of my office the other day. My husband looked at me. He's like, "Are you okay?" So I've had two therapy sessions already today. I'm wiped out. <laughs> But for them to, you know, for them to, to actually let their guard down and start to self-evaluate where are they really going to fit? Do they really belong in franchising and should they be an owner? And then what kind of a concept? So I, I need to get them to, you know, let their guard down and yeah. So I don't approach it like counseling, but it absolutely is. Yeah. I got to say, I got to say, I have long had an issue with going in to get my hair cut. Because there's somebody with a sharp object near my 
throat, basically. And that's always scared the living <laughs> crap out of me. And now you you add in the idea of, as you put it, hormonal women. <laughs> Dear God, I'm never getting a You're haircut never again. A haircut again. Uh-huh. You know, I had I I went into that business with no understanding of what it was like, and to work that hard, that that is hard work, and. And there were some, there were a lot of goofy moments. There were a lot of ridiculous call-offs, like somebody who would ask for more hours. And then you'd get that that weird sunny day in early spring, and she would call in and say, not coming, I'm going to get a tan. Yeah. But yeah, that's California. I, I, I got to tell you, in an industry, and you guys know this, you residential cleaning, where it's a revolving door, hair care is about six years, six months to two years before the uh-huh. revolving door hit. When I sold my salons at 11 years, more than half, more than half my staff had been with me for eight years or more. That's so great. I went into it with a lot of head trash about women with hormonal women with scissors. And by the time I sold it, I had such a huge appreciation, just like with residential cleaners. Uh-huh. It, it's, not, it's not beautiful work. It's not sexy, but it's a right. great job if you, if you are a good employer. Well, that's really? probably where your counseling background came in and having empathy based on what your mom had started. I mean, I think that's really what makes a difference, irrespective of what kind of business you have. Having somebody that can relate and empathize with the employees is really huge. And the, the biggest value proposition we have to our repeat consumer is that they see the same people, um, our employees. Yeah. When they see that kind of retention and, and the, the hairstyle, whatever, the employee can talk positively about their employer, that gives a lot of trust and confidence to the consumer to yep. return and, and bring the family with. Mm-hmm. So, but it's it not true. My, my son is 17 and now takes himself to get his haircut. You know, I don't go with him anymore, but he's, he got attached to this one girl who did a really good job. And when, if she, if she leaves, it's funny. There's a psychological element to trusting somebody to do your hair, even if you're a teenage boy, maybe especially if you're a teenage boy, <laughs> you know, I think you do get those attachments. And I think the same thing with, with residential cleaning, you begin, they become friends, you know, um, and there is that, that relationship. It's the same thing in fitness. Yeah. No, 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 yeah, no, no. Stop folks. Ray would always tell you it's that people trust his people to be in the house and, and I'll trust somebody in the house. It's about having a sharp object up against my throat <laughs> where I, I, I lose trust. Somebody's got a well, knife you around need my to head. Analyze your own behavior in that situation, friend. I, <laughs> I'd rather have my own knife. Ray, help me out here. to wear a hat. Yeah, I think the one thing that um, that happens when you take care of your employees and everybody's looking to build a brand, right? That's what that's what really matters for so many people that you're top of mind. And I think when you have good employees, they're the ones that really build your brand, right? They're the ones that build loyalty and the repeat business. So yeah, 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 yeah it's, it's, it's becoming. I used to, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I used to turn the the pyramid. Uh-huh. It's not about me. Turn right. around the other way. Up here are your employees. You get the, you have a lot of employees who deal with all of these customers in here, and they're going to fall out of the funnel if you put yourself first. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And yep. sometimes you're the last one to be paid. 
So that triangle's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. It was very rewarding by the time I had five really well-executed operating locations. It was yeah. nice to get that payday. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It looked like a great clips, acted like a great clips. And speaking of clips, do we have a commercial clip we want to plug in there, Fred? <laughs> yes, Ray, you read my mind as usual. Um, so first, we want to give a shout out to uh, Feedspot for listing us as one of the top 20 franchise podcasts you must follow in 2020, even though it's been a really weird year. And Ray, where are we listed on their list? Number one. Thank you to the Pillars team for getting us there. That really rocks. Hopefully we'll make it in 2021. Teamwork. Teamwork, yes. Oh, and one other quick shout out. Um, some of you may have noticed there's been a graphic change on the, the Pillars of Franchising website up at the top. One of our happy co-hosts on this uh, show has gone from blue to white. And who is that? Raise your hand. Promoted to full co-host now. Come on, raise your hand. Yay, Kristen. And now, hey, if I don't get to if I don't get to celebrate some stuff, what good is it? So here we go with our first sponsor. Celebrating their 10th anniversary. Hey, franchise owners. How's your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, We'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805-265-5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com. Thanks, Michelle, and again, happy 10th anniversary. Ray, I believe since you were the one who took us to commercial, you got the first question. Oh, okay. Well, I, one of the things I wanted to point out, I'd like to point out on the show, I feel that employee relations are becoming more and more important, and it's so important to uh, go ahead and foster good relations with your employees because they, be, they they are your bread and butter. And it seems to me that, Meg, you have that already uh, down pat. Is that correct? I thought I did. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. We all think we do. <laughs> I had my tricks. I had, I, I had some tips. Yeah. So, Meg, <laughs> shifting over into your consulting um, – phase of life yeah what what did you learn from your experience you came in kicking and screaming your husband you don't think it was the greatest alignment what did you learn from that you, that, that you do differently from the other side of the fence 
Yeah. So um, the the gentleman who found um, who founded Franchise, the company that I'm aligned with, he used to be the VP of franchise development at Great Clips, and he and I would get into some pretty serious arguments about the candidates that he was trying to bring into the Chicago market. I was the co-op president for three years there, so I had a lot of interaction with Jeff. And like you talk about a square peg in a round hole. You, culturally speaking, you, you have to bring franchise owners in who are going to have that empathy for the employee first, not how much money am I going to make, but you, you have to really understand what kind of an employer you need to be to that kind of an employee. Um, so that experience of figuring out how to learn who they are, what makes them tick, made me a better employer. So Jeff and I, Jeff came to me one day um, and said that he was going to leave the company and start Franchise. And based on the arguments that we had had about the uh, candidates that he was trying to bring into the Chicago market, he said, I think you would really, your discernment and your, your hospice background, your counseling would really be a great fit for the consulting role. And, um, he didn't let me come on right away. He didn't want me doing both Great Clips and Franchise at the same time. And I was a single mom at that point. Um, so I, I lined myself up to divest from the one and then jump the fence to the other. So Jeff, I think, is the one who really recognized that my background would be a good fit. Can we talk a little bit about um, how the coronavirus is affecting kind of the sale and purchase of franchises today? Yeah, <laughs> it's been a wacky six months. Um, <laughs> March 13th was my birthday, and I remember the you know the chatter on the line was that the economy was going to be shut down and and businesses would be closed, work from home, and sure enough, my database, the people I had in my pipeline, essentially ran hair on fire you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Franchise did a great thing in having us as consultants get together twice a week for best practices, sort of finger on the pulse conversations. And it became evident that depending on where in the country we were or, or where our candidate, really where is the candidate, right. was driving how much fear or lack of fear there was in their ability to move forward. So on a weekly basis, I was getting great information points from my fellow um, consultants about their conversations with their candidates, who was making a decision to go forward. And at, like, this is a bold decision in a time of uncertainty to go mm -hmm. forward. And over the last few months, it's just been getting stronger and stronger, quite frankly. Um, what we were worried about in the beginning is that some of our companies would you know, shrivel up and die and, and go away, leaving franchise owners who are high and dry. That happened not once. We lost no companies. And I think the, the great pivot that I saw was how it, it forced the franchisor to put first and foremost every day what is happening to that franchise owner on the street level right. and what data points they're pushing back up to corporate that allowed them to make pivots. I think that's really why franchising has stayed so strong in the last six months is that we, I see companies wrapping their arms around change mm -hmm. and making sure that their franchise owners stay financially viable. What about 
the process of helping people, obviously there's an easy way, which we'll talk about later, how people can find someone like you. Um, but can you briefly tell us a little bit about the process? If, you know, if I were to call you up and say, hey, I think I want to start a business. I've got some money and I have some ideas, but I really don't know what I want to do. So I, I work with people right now who also have another layer in there of I lost my job or I've been furloughed or fill in the blank because of COVID. So I approach everybody with a greater level of sensitivity. One of the first things I'll tell them is this is your process. We're going to run. We're going to walk at your pace. I'm here to essentially walk beside you. I'm not going to push you because if I push you and I let go, then you're going to roll downhill. So I need you to be honest and open and transparent with me about what are you afraid of or what are you really confident about and what are your skill sets? All the, the normal things that I ask, financials, family, your current job situation, how much time do you have available? But then there's the added layer of how are you feeling with COVID and what, what does business look like in your area? Sure. So as COVID has um, increased in some areas, you kind of see the country flip-flopping right now. Are you seeing that change um, kind of hand in hand with the areas that are looking to buy franchises as well? It is really interesting. I, I just yesterday um, ended a conversation with a gal who is in the hotbed of everything for New York, New York and New Jersey. Um, yeah. Right from the very beginning, she had a next door neighbor with five kids who was diagnosed with COVID and went into the hospital. She just can't get beyond the fear. Um, and, and she and I talked a lot about fear versus uncertainty. There's right. a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, there's just way too much uncertainty there. I just started working with a gentleman in Clearwater, Florida. And, you know, Florida's in the news again. Um, mm -hmm. Last week when he called me, he, he found me a few months ago and he's kind of been sitting on it, just not really sure what to mm -hmm. do. And then he was pink flipped. And he had to crank himself up to, to call me like I am famous or something. And, um, and last week I was asking him, why? Why now? How do you feel about it? Where, what's going on in your area? And he was a warrior last week. He just, he's like, get, it, get out of the way. I'm not going back to corporate America. My wife is behind me. My kids think this is a great idea. I can't wait to get started. And yes, yesterday, this is the other counseling session I was talking about. Yesterday, <laughs> he, went, he went from warrior to worrier. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, it was everything about the sky falling and, and this is never going to work. And like, we haven't even gotten started talking about anything yet. Uh -huh. What is going on? Yep. So to your point, yes, there, there are a lot of, and this is why I tell people this is not, this is not a six to eight week decision. This is going to take as long as it needs to take. Yeah, and it's not for the faint of heart. Do you um, find that during COVID, I know for, um, in a lot of different ways, banks are tightening up funding. Um, has that been a challenge for, for some of your people? Yeah, and this morning with Fran Choice, we had another all-consultant call to talk about um, 12 businesses or industries that are killing it. And the last topic that we discussed was what is happening with financing. And so the reality there, unfortunately, is that it's taking an 
an excessive amount of time, mostly because banks that are processing loans have also been, um, you know, underwriting has been de dealing with PPP and EIDL, yeah. as well as other existing businesses that are looking to maybe extend their credit line. Or So there's a huge delay in funding right now. And it's not that there's not money, it's that the banks are so busy processing applications, they would rather process 10 applications for half a million dollars than the reverse number. Right, right. So do you have alternative funding that you might want to um, suggest to people? I have my go-to resources. Um, I use FranFund, Benetrends, Guidance, the, the companies that really understand franchising first and what levers you can pull and, and in what order you should be pulling those levers because that matters too. Um, you can preclude some of the options if you execute too soon with, with the wrong funding piece. Um, so I don't get into that conversation, but I do address it right from the very beginning. Now, it, it's not it's not, oh, you're going to Discovery Day, let's talk about funding and, and what you'd pre-qualify for. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting it right at the very beginning, sometimes before we even move into the consultation, so that I can pre-qualify people based on what they're willing to tell me and if they have the legs to go forward right now or if they need to get their house in order first. Thank you. That's interesting you said pre-funding because uh, my son is looking for a house and, uh, and even to look now in order to get uh, a real estate agent to ha uh, take you to a home, he's going to ask you to prove that you have at least a down payment in your account. Yeah. <laughs> Which I found with, you know, I've, I've never heard of such a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the, the real estate agents that I know, um, there are a lot of us who are in a business and they're a hundred percent commission, right? They don't, ha they don't get a paycheck unless they have a transaction. So let's set everybody up for success. Now mm -hmm. that, now that we know that there are certain sequencing items that, that should come into play, that wasn't the case a year ago. It wasn't the case even six months ago. So it, rather than have a disappointed house buyer or a franchise buyer, sure. Let's yep. get it. Let's get everybody pre-qualified and on the same wavelength. I had a gal go to a discovery day a couple of years ago, and she absolutely fell in love with the corporate team and came back to me and said, I don't want to do just one. I, I want to open three. I want to own the whole Madison market. I want to preclude mm -hmm. anyone else from getting in there. And this is before pre-qualification. If she'd gone to her discovery day, she, she could have curbed that enthusiasm and tempered it with, oh, I can afford one, barely. And actually we ended up shifting gears with her because the reality was it was gonna strap her oh, yeah. to do that particular one. We moved from a, a fixed location business into a territory-based business. And I can proudly say that she, Kate, was the uh, top rookie performer her first year, and she's continuing to be either the number one or two producer in her franchise system. Nice. It was the right pivot to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, money matters. You know, once it's gone, there's no bank that's going to loan you more. Yeah, yeah. We we do talk a lot about that on, on pillars of franchising because uh, there's been quite a few franchises that just needed that extra one dollar, and they can't get it. <laughs> And 
So all their money is just gone because they have to close shop. I learned so, a long time ago from a, a builder. Um, it was a home custom home builder who recognized that there was a lot of waste. There was a lot of scrap. He mm-hmm. started a second business, bought a, a truck, a dump truck, and that the the refuse business just took off. He he then was in the refuse business. He didn't have the money to borrow a second truck. Yeah. Um, and because he had gone to the bank thinking, oh, I was just going to start this little side business, he didn't. He wasn't poised for growth, and that's a, that resonates with me today. I, money is so cheap right now at mm-hmm. whatever three four percent. When I got started, I was paying 15 to 18% interest on my loans for great clubs. It was crazy. We still made money. But what I'm recommending to people right now is if, if a bank is saying they don't even want to look at your application for anything under 200, ask for 250. Mm-hmm. Money is inexpensive. And once you've got it, you can always give it back. Right. <laughs> you right. run into that growth problem or, or a pandemic hits and you're closed for three months, you, then you're happy that you have it in the bank. Yep. Anybody has too much money, I'm willing to take it off their hands. Just, just want to put that out there. <laughs> you're a good man, Fred. Yeah, you're, you're so generous, you know. It's a dirty you, job. Have anybody... go, go ahead, Elizabeth. I was going to say it's a dirty job, but someone's got to do it. So go ahead, Elizabeth. Jump right. in there. Jump in. I was say, do you do you do you have do you ever have people who are dead set on a particular franchise that you think is just a terrible decision, and you've got to? I mean, where where do you draw the line between saying, yeah, I'm not helping you with this, and you know, do it at your own risk? Yeah. So I do work with people who come to me with. Uh, hey, I found um, Snap-on tools. Um, I'm a tool guy. I'm a car guy. I love driving at Road America, throw the car around the racetrack. This is right in my wheelhouse. There are a couple of red flags for me right there. One is, if that is what your passion is, then this business is going to live in your head 24-7 and it'll, it'll suck your soul dry. It will, it will not nourish your soul. It'll live up here and you, you can't get rid of it. The other thing about uh, an example like that is go to the FDD. You pull up an FDD like that particular company, and there are a lot of other ones as well. But my, my, three, my three favorite items in an FDD are items 2, 3, and 19. Because you go to, <laughs> go to item 2, you have all the principles of the company. You can go and search the heck out of them and find mm-hmm. out about their backgrounds in any legal trouble or and then item three is litigation and so you get a company like that or Krispy Kreme litigation is reams of paper deep you you don't want to go that direction but if the candidate says I'm dead set on buying it you're right that is when I walk away and say I I can't have my reputation on that one I can't have you come back to me someday and say you didn't stop me so you're not yeah. supposed yeah. to answer Fred's questions until Fred asks the question. Now, because of that, it's <laughs> time to go to a commercial. People stealing my questions. Annoying <laughs> the crap out of me. Really. The Franchise is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. 
In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women, we are the Franchise Women. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. So Elizabeth, when's the next edition coming out? November 1st is the next edition. So we are working on it right now. It's about work-life balance. Ooh, nice. The Kristen phrase, work-life balance, November 1st. <laughs> Holy crap. Well, during the pandemic, it's become quite a challenge for a lot of us who could just work 24 hours a day at home. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I go to the office to work 24 hours a day. That way I don't have to worry about it. Okay. Ray, you've been quiet for far <laughs> too long. And you've got a very cool background. You're in the beast. Say something before I insult people. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I, I think one of the things that's resonating in my mind talking uh, with Meg is, uh, now we talked a little bit about financing and, and, and personality, but how do we fit a particular franchise to a particular person? How do you match them up? I think the benefit for me is that twice a year, now times 18 years, so that's 36 times, we get together every six months. Um, in the past, it's been in person. Now it's virtually. Um, all of the companies in our portfolio uh, are asked to put together about a five-minute explanation of who are they, what's new, ideal owner, what is the culture of the company? Anything new and exciting? What are some of the financial parameters, um, investment versus outcome? And we get to spend three or four days together with the VPs of development, the founder of the company, CEO. We don't, we don't work with the internet level takers, lead workers. We're working with people who really are vested in the success of the business and bringing the right owner in. So twice a year, I get to spend time with all of our companies learning about what's new and exciting. So that really helps me then when I'm working with a candidate to ask the right questions um, during, I do a one hour consultation based on a questionnaire that they, they fill out for me and the candidate can start to give me more details about who they are and what makes them tick. What kind of culture do you resonate with? What kind of leadership style do you have? It's the flight of the bumblebee, I call it. I, I want to know all the different points where they've pollinated during their career and what kinds of um, sensitivities they would bring. And then I go back to the franchise company and or to my, my database of knowledge. Um, I keep a spreadsheet. I can I can navigate it about 103 different ways and sort for the key phrases that that candidate is say, saying will mm -hmm. really work for them. And then we compare and contrast different models and I let them prove to themselves, like if they come with a, a preconceived notion about what they want to buy, I, I just tell them, you're going to have to prove to yourself through this process why it's your number one choice, but keep an open mind that maybe there are things you'll learn along the way. Um, mm -hmm. So it's, it's not a quick process. It's, I require a weekly touch point with everyone with whom I'm working so that I can hear how their, their brain is chewing through 
the data points that they're picking up yeah. and uh, realigning what, like, what's your top priority? Oh, it's got to be Monday through Friday, nine to five. By week three or four, it's, wow, that, that employee population is one I couldn't, I couldn't manage. <laughs> Great. Let's move it off. Let's move it out of consideration. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's pulling the layers back is, is how I really get to the point where I can hear the smile in their voice or I can see it now thanks to Zoom. Um, I need to hear, I need to hear the smile in their voice that they've checked all their boxes and they can call it love. Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I think, I think Fred would use a dartboard. <laughs> no, I need That's a one freaking... way to do it. It's one way to do it, but I don't recommend it in the age of litigation. And <laughs> I'm a Chicagoan. I'd use a freaking baseball bat. I'm from the South side of Chicago. What does people not realize about that? We use baseball bats. Never mind. <laughs> and that's why you're in your job and I'm in mine. <laughs> that's right. So that's funny. So so what what's what's your favorite story about somebody who just you hit it out of the park with who and maybe even it was a surprise that they went into the one that they chose. Um so I'm sure that's there's got to be fun to me, I would think, when it's a surprise kind of ending, you know? So, uh, gosh, I have so many great stories. I'm I'm really fortunate, just as a, a sidebar, the first Friday of every month, I used to drive to Milwaukee. I have the greatest concentration of placements there. And the first Friday of every month, we would get together in a roundtable conversation and share best practices. So mm-hmm. I was sure that if they were too far away from their franchisor, at least they had a lifeline. And, and that's the group of owners where we could talk about best practices. So I'm always in touch with my people. Now, tomorrow, my, my first Friday meeting is going to be Zoom. And so I get to be part of their progress after they've made their decision. It's, it's not a congratulations, I'll never talk to you again. Mm-hmm. But there are some people who, well, so for me, a stranger is a friend I haven't met yet. I, I love everybody. Um, if I don't like working with you, then, then we do just part um, before it gets any further. But these people trust me so much in the end they are asking me, like, if they're torn between two concepts, Meg, can you make the decision for us? Tell us which way we should go. <laughs> and I can't, but there was a gal I was working with recently who was, um, talk about women and franchising. Um, I, love, I love working with strong women. Julie, um, Julie was recommended to me by another gal who had been let go from Kohl's. And her husband, Julie's husband, is a nurse. And so they had started to look at senior care options and had already been to a discovery day with this one company, kind of tying it all together here, going back to a previous question. They thought they knew for sure, but they weren't going to tell me the name of the company. They thought they were sure that they were going to sign on with this company, but could I help them check some boxes and just have a good reputation? Could I answer a couple of questions for them and just make them feel better that they were on the right track. I said, you know, it's fine with me to throw it on the pile. I really don't know anything about that company, but how about I learn about it while you learn about the senior care companies that I do work with. And so we compared and contrasted. She still didn't tell me the name of the company that they were working with. I just knew it wasn't in my inventory. And one day while we were talking, 
can't remember how it came up. I think her husband was listening to podcasts and he came across one Dogtopia owner and he came home to Julie and said, this sounds like a lot of fun. You'd have a lot of fun doing this. You come from retail. And so she called me and said, do you know anything about this, this Dogtopia company? I said, this is perfect. I work with Dogtopia. I know everything about Dogtopia. I love them. <laughs> so we put her into we put her into the compare and contrast model and it became evident. She called me kind of giggling and she said, Meg, the, the, the development guy at Dogtopia said, Julie, think about it. Would you rather work with dogs or old people? <laughs> Everyone loves dogs. <laughs> they didn't have a dog, but they have adopted one since then, and it's an absolutely adorable dog. But talk about a surprise. She was, mm-hmm. she was all the way through Discovery Day with the company. Um, she wasn't working with a different consultant, so I could, I could step in. I didn't have to break any bad habits. I could have her follow my process. And she's really the one who um, has been so much fun this year to work with because in the middle of a pandemic, I have a strong woman who's the breadwinner, whose husband was 100% behind her, mm-hmm. shifted gears, and she is just having a blast. So that's my story <laughs> for today. Well, what that's, about that's a good one? <laughs> yeah, somebody who wants to do that, who wants to explore that with you, can you tell us a little bit about how do people have to pay you for your service? How, how do they go about that? No. So working with me is like working with uh, an executive recruiter. The fee is paid for by the franchise company. There's no additional fee to work with Franchise or to work with me. Um, if they end up buying a concept that I don't represent, then it's I get the satisfaction of knowing that they proved to themselves that they found the right concept and they followed my system, my process, and made a decision that they were 100% comfortable with. So I've had people offer to pay me, which breaks my contract. Um, you know, I've, I've been doing this for a long time, and, and it's great to be able to say to a candidate, this is going to cost you nothing. But from this day forward, I am right beside you. Yeah, I, I'm never further away than, than a Zoom or a phone call. You sign on, even with a concept I don't represent, call me. I'm always right here. So it's, fun, work- to be, it's fun to be free. I worked with a consultant when we got started, and I always wondered, did they get, like, a bigger kickback from some companies and other companies? Do they have specials if you sell this brand? Is there any of that kind of stuff that goes on? In the world at large, yes, but not within our organization. That's, that's taboo. Yeah, okay. You know, a company, will, a company will try to get in front of us, and say, hey, we'll, we'll pay you this increased fee. And you know, good for them. They're a younger company. They feel like they're a relevant industry. And other, they know that other companies in our inventory are placing more, are, are acquiring more franchise owners. Right. I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think it's the wrong way to stack the, the company mm-hmm. selections for a candidate. Right. It does the candidate an injustice, you know, when you put yourself first or you put a commission ahead of it. So... I'm unusual in a lot of ways that I don't, and, and our CFO can tell you this. I don't ever know what the commission is because it doesn't, it shouldn't, it should not navigate the decision. Well, I appreciate that because for 14 years, I've been wondering that question. <laughs> <laughs> there are some companies, you know, there are some companies that do it and they, they court that. Yeah, that's, 
We don't. We're, that's, that's not fran choice. So if, yeah. as, a, as anybody is listening to this and they want to align with a, a, a firm that is on the up and up, that's, that's how we roll. It's, it's yeah. the candidate comes first. That's excellent. Thank you for answering that. Yeah, thank you for asking. Ray, what time is it? That could be a... What a time is it, Fred? No, Ray has to ask the question. It, uh, sorry, we have to follow procedure. If we don't follow procedure, then there's anarchy. And if there's anarchy, well, then Fred just has too much of a good time. So since no one wants to let Fred have too much of a good time, we have to follow process. So, Ray, what time is it? It is time to ask the last question. It is. It's time to go okay. down the and rabbit, rabbit hole. hole. <laughs> so today's rabbit hole question will be zombies for a thousand. Given that the current <laughs> pandemic appears to be leading to the zombie apocalypse, how will you have to change your processes to accommodate zombie franchise buyers? <laughs> do I get to answer this one? Only you do, yes. Okay, okay. I, I, I have the answer. Right from the very beginning, it happened to everyone, and I called it the COVID coma. Right? You weren't putting on real clothes anymore. You're getting up in the morning. You're putting on your yoga pants. You drank a lot of coffee, started drinking alcohol maybe before lunch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. This is California. But the zombie apocalypse, there is, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people who are really, um, I got to shake them around a little bit to get them to snap out of the, the COVID coma. And um, I had one guy in Indiana in particular, he's been obviously out of work for nine, for the last five months, he's getting ready to sign his franchise agreement. And he told me, he confessed to me, he's afraid of going back to having to work. Wow. I understand that one. But the greatest thing about the zombie apocalypse is look at how much quality time, particularly the road warriors, had with their right. kids. Mm -hmm. And I get it that it's really impossible to work at home where you get two people, three kids, talk about anarchy at school. There's no summer counselor, summer camp. Now you're the summer counselor and the school teacher and parent and spouse and, and work. it's been awful. It's been really a challenge. So some people come into the process really looking forward to being able to think again. Mm -hmm. And other people are, are looking forward to, I call it the thoroughbred in the barn. Um, this, the longer this COVID thing goes on, the more I'm seeing really high quality people saying, let me out, give me <laughs> something to do and let me earn an income. That's another big one. People are frustrated about not being able to go back to work. How do you pay your mortgage if you can't, if you don't have a paycheck? Yeah. Okay, Ray. I, I, I got a few employees who said, I can't stand it anymore. I got to come back to work. <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, are we ready for the last question, Fred? Yes, Ray, we are. All right. Then the last question is, uh, we've talked a lot about what you do uh, Meg, and, and it's important now that uh, people know how to get a hold of you. So uh, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you if they're interested in anything that you have to offer? Thank you. I welcome phone calls. I, I like the voice-to-voice. -voice. I welcome Zoom contact. 
um, being able to see people and their facial expressions and body language. So my my phone number, 847-302-2601, is my one and only, so you can text, call, or, or email me. My mm-hmm. website is megschmitz.com, M-E-G-S-C-H-M-I-T-Z.com. My tagline is, take the leap from lily pad to lily pad. I will help you land successfully. Um, and so you'll see that at the at the website. I'm also on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. You pretty much just type my name into your search bar and you'll find me. Excellent. And of course, all of that information will be on our webpage. Yeah, in theory. I do really welcome the voice to voice. I a stranger is a friend I haven't met yet, and I'm a bigger big believer in the six degrees of Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I can't eat bacon oh, anymore. Okay. <laughs> It's so great talking to you, Meg. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. I really much. appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. So as a reminder, oh, as a one note before we head on out, uh, please like our new Facebook page. Uh, Pillars of Franchising is now on Facebook, so you can finally, yes, yes, I know we've been Twitter forever, and I know you've been all waiting on it, but we're finally here, so go like our Facebook page, and we'll see you next week with another episode of Thank you.